who was the person that was concerned about the end? Which, oh, like the intro outros? Yeah, um, who was concerned about that? Uh, I think that was like it, it came from Des- Designscape Ottawa. That's Matt. Uh, that, but that's Matt, that's right? Matt's, yeah, that's his other company. Yeah, yeah. Hard his his drawings are pretty phenomenal. Like this his, is the uh, end rendering. This everything, is- everything that guy does is phenomenal. Yeah, Matt's very good. Like he's he's there's some driveways that actually I think Tackle Block shared it. The driveway, the triangle he did. driveway. Yeah, it's crazy. It's yeah. so sick. Like just, I wish I had that kind of passion for. Yeah, I lost that. You're right. Okay. The passion you have to carry to design that and then carry it through, like even to look at it, I I look at it and I see every painful part of it to make it happen. <laughs> like those pavers are hundred mil, those pavers are eighty mil, those pavers. I guarantee that that none of the it didn't work perfectly in the module. Like just it, but it's incredible. But I don't see that. I wish I did. I wish, like, my last really passionate thing was that fan driveway we did. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that one. 27,000 squadrons. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was my last really passionate thing, I think. And then I just. Did you lose it after that job or, like, during that job? Uh, so, <laughs> I, Jordan and Derek from DPR did most of that job. I think that I started to question my, like, Why? Yeah. Like, I mean, I start. I think I started. I honestly, like, to be to be like brutally honest, but I think I started thinking to myself, "Am I only designing and trying to build this stuff to feed my own ego on social media?" Yeah. Like, I, is there is there any other reason why I would do like that driveways? <laughs> ridiculous and a momentous achievement if you see it live like the the fans changing color halfway through the fan is insane for the path that comes like it's just the whole thing is just the amount of time and effort and planning and cutting and like i just but i think at the end of it when i was staring at the driveway i was like what like we could have laid that like we could have laid this in big hundred mil slabs with a vacuum lifter and everyone would have been, wow, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> Put it to some good music and got 150,000 views. Like, I just like, I don't know. I think I'm just, I think it was just a little, like, I, I think that was the last thing I did that was really, I mean, we've built a lot of beautiful stuff, but I mean, like, outrageously complex, like, like, I think we've still done some really, really beautiful job. Like, we did a Unilock one last year big backyard that's all you care in it's like the fireplace is black and it has black coping and it looks like at night the fire is coming out of nothing beautiful it was a beautiful job too but it wasn't on that like that level of stuff like that driveway with the triangles it's like that's i don't know if i'll ever be there maybe i'll be there again again i i got like the the whole starving artist thing right like i sort of I got too attached to the money of doing things easier, not doing things cheaper or anything, which is like you say, we'll do this whole driveway in big slab and it'll be done in a week instead of three weeks. And I'll put that money in my pocket, fold it over and walk over to the next one. Like I used to think I'm going to do beautiful things forever. 
And now as they get older, I'm still going to do some nice things, but I don't have to do this forever. And if I can put enough money in my pocket, I can even do it for a last time. Not that I don't love what I do, but. Um, I, I think too, like if you look at the timing for me, that was probably the last big thing we did before the pandemic. And I think that during the pandemic, I felt like I've been smashing my head against the wall and like, and not to be honest, not necessarily in hardscaping, but I mean, in life, my whole life, I feel like I'm just smashing my head against a fucking wall during the pandemic that like everything I do is hard. Like even like, you know, having to get vaccinated so my daughter could play fucking soccer, like stuff like that. Like it's, I think it just took some of the, like where I used to spend, a certain amount of time bashing my head against the wall, creating artistic projects like that fan, like really artistic projects like that fan driveway and even thinking of it in my mind. I think now I'm like, I started having to spend a lot of time being like, do I have to wear a mask at the grocery store this week? Or is there different rules? Or am I on my fifth or eighth booster? Or what's like, it just, there's so many other things that were in my mind for the last two and a half years. But now that maybe some of this is grinding to a halt, maybe I, I, I actually said to Kelly today, like I haven't, well, I dug that I, on Instagram today. I posted a picture from 2016, 2016 of us doing large slabs in multiple textures, mm-hmm. which in 2016, when they first came out with those slabs, everyone was like, oh, no one's going to do anything with those slabs. They're so fucking big. So I was like, oh, let's do a cool job out of them. And it's like they're long running bond with three of one and then two and then three and then one. And it's all textured. It's blue grande chestnut brown. Text. Anyways, I posted the picture today to be like, hey, guys, like 2016, I was rocking these fucking slabs. But I was like, I was thinking to myself, was I more inspired in 2016? Or probably I just wasn't bashing my head against as many walls outside of the business, I guess. I think it just, I think it just for me, who I am as a person, it just kind of became hard to exist over the last two years. And I never adjusted my, I, I don't know, I just like, if someone well, says... Own- you're also doing so much more with like truck taking on trucking and, and expanding the business too. Right. Yeah. That's true. It is like, but I think now I'm just like, if someone says to me, I want to do a complete best way glacier Creek Trevista textured patio. I'm like, cool. Great. Let's do it in a rectangle. Maximize your space. (laughs) And they're like, awesome, let's do that. I'm like, okay, great, let's go. And and the job's beautiful and it's structured properly and the guys do an amazing job. And But there was a time in my life when I would have immediately said, well, what if we did an inlay here and we did this and we added a board? And I just, I don't invite, I don't passionately invite that conversation at this moment now. I might next year, you know, see how the winter goes. Wait, did you do that driveway again, Mike? Uh, if someone asks you to duplicate that driveway, across town or something if jordan and derek would do it with me again i'd do it with them yeah i don't think i'd do it on my own i would do it with them they're 27 28 and yeah. passionate and yeah they got a fire yeah and they're, they're they have a great youthful energy with them yeah yeah it's one of the things i love about doing business with them and being involved with them is their youth and their energy i think it keeps me younger and keeps me on my toes um and i i if they would, I would do it again. if I had the right team again, I think we had the right team last time. Cause that driveway was a total team effort, like between design and sale and everything. It was a team effort. So I, 
if we had the right team and the right client again, I would do it again, but it would, there's a lot of complicating factors. Plus if tackle block even has that much squadra available anymore. How's the I Yeah. Uh, no one's called me about it and I haven't <laughs> invited any conversation. It is all, it was all, um, it's the G is G two max in that driveway. It's like the best sand and Jeff came and installed it with us. So, gotcha. um, you know, I think that I, I haven't heard boo about it and we went, we had to do a little repair in it, which was like crazily painful because to lift it and then put it back yeah. and, the, and the sand was like crazy. Hard. It, it worked really well. So I think you must have pre-compacted. And this just got cut off. <laughs> you we followed... compacting those? Oh my god! Ah, that would have fucked it right up. <laughs> there goes the fan. <laughs> there goes the fans. <laughs> so we did not. I don't think we. I. I'm pleading the fifth on whether or not we pre-compacted the fan driveway. <laughs> hundred percent sure. I'm all, I'm pretty sure we did it with a roller packer. Well, that would do it. Yeah. Is that I'm, a, I'm, I'm a pretty, is that an approved I'm, packer? Approved. Uh, <laughs> I think so. I just, is that the next thing? How to install you, sand and where to wear a mask in Ontario are similar things in my brain. Okay, I struggle with them. all these rules. Right, rules are normal now. That there's a lot of lot of rules. A lot of rules. You got to follow them. It just I. I don't know. Would you redo some of the stuff that you built earlier in your career, Chad? Oh. When I first started following you, you used to build some crazy shit. Yeah, I used to build some fun ones. Yeah. I would do a couple of them. But. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't know. If you. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't change anything. I'm happy with them. Um, but would you do them now? That's what I'm asking. Would I do them now? I gravitate away from them now just because when I d- used to do those jobs, I used to be the one there on the saw doing the cutting, loving mm-hmm. it, making sure everything was phenomenal. And the guys still do that, right? They, the guys can still do all of that stuff. But if they don't do something the exact way that I would want it, I mean, there, there goes the whole vision, right? Like it was either my vision or it's yeah. their vision, but um, I could have the guys on a nice residential patio and I can be in an hour away doing a bombing in some topsoil or hardly raking some topsoil or something like that and have the two sites going um, and taking in two streams of revenue uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. I would do them again if it were if I were a smaller scale company. Like if I took the commercial aspect out of what I do and just went back to residential landscape, yeah, I think I could bang out some cool ones, some fun ones. Um, but it, it just doesn't make sense right now unless someone really wants it. Um, and it, And I mean, the price point would have to be right for that now because i used to do that shit for free right like yeah, yeah. Okay. all this cool stuff like the bad business owner in me just said 
yeah, let's just do it and make it cool. And then everyone will love you for it. I think that one of the things that intimidated me away from a lot of those those style of projects was the need for multiple different kinds of pavers and trying to make sure there's availability of those pavers. That's true too. Um, at one time, if we were, we did a job that had the same color, but like every single product that Chestnut Brown comes in, in the job all the same color, like crazy amounts of texture change and like shape change and directional change. I mean, it's a crazy job. Beautiful. Um, I wouldn't do it today though, because I'd probably get shorted on at least three or four of those items just because of shortages in the industry. So like now it's more like, do you have six? Well, we're doing a front walkway. And I emailed the supplier today and was like, hey, man, like, do you have 800 square feet of this or 650 square feet? And he's like, I have 812, which is probably like, you know, eight bundles in a layer or some shit. And I was like, just, I emailed him back because I just reserve it all, take it all. Yeah. But back in the day, I would have needed 300 of that and 300 of something else and 100 of some inlay I'm doing in front of the front door. And like, it just, I think that it just, it's harder to do it. So I know. Would you redo the biggest job you've ever done, Mike? Redo. Would you do yeah, it? Yeah, because from from the beginning, I never really got into like really complex things. Like there was a couple where like the clients would be like, How could we make this like you know the next step? Like, what else could we do? Oh, we could blend like another like one of these trends is to blend another color blend into this. Okay, let's do that. Like, what else could we do? Like I've got, I've had a couple of clients do that, but for the most part, like my style is just clean uh, and simple as opposed to getting like really complex with things. And that's kind of always been my style. So even when I am designing like a backyard, like a backyard that we're going to be doing coming up here is just going to be, Blue Grande smooth shale gray with a six by 13 border. And then we're going to mix in some squadra around the pool coping. And like that's in the squadra is going to be like shale gray onyx blacks mixed. That's about as like complex as I get. I don't try to complicate things any more than that. I never have never. I think in the last maybe two years, landscapes have gotten really gaudy, like, everybody's throwing everything in there trying to impress in a lot of ways and i'd like to think some style is coming back into things and and we're toning it down a little more um just because you're not trying to impress so much with putting 20 different materials in there or or the borealis inlay that doesn't work with the the slate texture or something or maybe it does maybe it's just me but you know, uh, it, it's good when it's their forever home right like every client that i've had that like wants to push the design aspect and like add different aspects that i personally yeah. wouldn't do it's because it's been there like they're gonna live there forever and i and yes, i make that's... a point to like ask them on that because i do say like hey we can mix textures but you know that could go out of style you just don't know really what's going to come in and out of style but what's 
always going to necessarily been in style is something that's simple. That's like, you know, you got your field and you got your border and it, it's simple. It's going to be in style. It's always going to be in style. But like we, you guys have seen things coming in and out of style throughout your careers, right? Like circle kits, things like this yeah. and different uh, sizes of pavers and everything like that. So that's what I always tell them. Yeah, that's true. I had this lady once. She's like, can you put a circle in my walkway? And whenever I started it, like since I started, they didn't make these fucking circle kits, right? With the, the round piece in the center and then the band that comes out um, beyond know. that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I'm like, yeah, I can cut a circle in here. I cut it out and I put that, what's that, uh, like an antique sort of look? Yeah. Right. I just filled it with that. She comes out. She's like, Oh, I thought the pavers would be in the shape of a circle. I'm just like, well, they stopped making that like 15 years ago. And like, and I didn't understand the, the concept that she wanted something old whenever I was new. And this is how they were doing things right now. Like I didn't understand the, the style changes and stuff. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's cyclical. Maybe that stuff will all come back in style, you know? It usually does, right? Like, yeah. fads usually come and go, right? Whenever I have people who are worried about the cost of pavers, I always say the same thing to them. The patio is irrelevant. It's who you sit on the patio with. That's deep. Dang. Is that's this still deep. part of the, is this like our extended hour? Cause like, yeah, I just I made the it. podcast. <laughs> I <guess that's> <laughs> I've, I've said that for like 10 or 50, cause people like feel bad cause they'll flip open the catalog to something that costs 10 or $12 a square foot. And they will be like, I want that. And I'll be like, eh, like, I'm just letting you know, like that's 10 or $12 a square foot. And you're talking like you have a thousand square feet here. Like just letting you know, like you taught you're you know, you're expanding your cost of your pavers by $4,000 yeah. by picking that. If it's worth it to you, I'm not here to judge. I'm just letting you know. And they'll be upset and they really and I'm like, does it like honestly really matter like what the patio is made out of as long as it's a functional space that drains well and who's on the patio with you matters more. But that's like the great that's like the greatest secret of the industry. The greatest secret of the industry is like when people look at the the ads for pavers they look at all the people enjoying themselves on the patio they don't look at the fucking inlay in the patio the same as like like if a driveway is four by eight pavers and there's four cars parked on it no one knows that it's four by eight pavers or if it's the fucking fan driveway because all they see is the four cars parked on it like it's there's a there's an endless amount of stuff that all of us do that we are only doing for when another landscaper walks by or drives by you're right. I think he just added too much value to this. Uh, oh God, please! <laughs> this portion of the show. If that doesn't that, get us that was three deep. more listeners, that was deep. I don't know that's what else. Wow, yeah, that's three more listeners. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, People I, are getting. I drive by and look at stuff like we we did this like really sick job. Like oh, I was like two hundred seventy five thousand dollar job, and like I don't know, like two thousand eleven, which back then was like crazy money, like crazy money, right? To me, anyways, in 2011. Um, and I go back, the driveway's still mint because we, you know, we did it the right way. And I've been back, I've done a couple things around the house since, but 
Like every time I go there, the driveway is sick, but it's got like five cars parked on it. So I'm like, I'm going to go by and take a picture of that house. And I go by, I'm like, oh, there's a picture of five cars on the fucking driveway. Sick. Glad I spent so much time on that motherfucker. <laughs> like, I just, oh, people cover shit in patio front. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like our, our patio at home, we did it last year. It's built out of a discontinued colored paver uh, that's autumn red. Which I actually like the color. I used it on a few jobs because I thought it was a unique color. It's not like the old school red. It's got yeah, a, I like that red actually. Actually, really, yeah, I did. It's got a nice beige in it. It was so. Anyways, our patio's this autumn red paver because it was discontinued, and I got a good deal on it. And uh, and I and I when I was building it, I was like, yeah, I don't care if I'm sitting out here with my wife and my kids or whatever. Like, no one's gonna be like, this red patio is totally ruining my experience in your backyard. <laughs> I'm never coming back here because your patio is autumn red. I like, I'm literally never coming to your yard. I, I can't stand being in this yard. I, no one's ever said that. So I, got I guess you we did. Could. We did this autumn red. We it was a, a, an entranceway with a driveway apron, but the guy had a big like storm sewer because it was one of those driveways that, or uh, one of those garages that are underneath the house with yeah, the driveway pitching. So we did this big uh, autumn red inlay around this storm sewer, but it looked like a butthole that was irritated <laughs> because it was like a fiery red around this like rusted manhole. It just <laughs> the client didn't like, we didn't tell that to the client, but. The, all we could think of was like a, an irritated butthole. Speaking of weird driveway, one of the most disappointing moments of my whole landscaping career. I, we we did this huge patio, and in the patio were two catch basins. And I can This was a long time ago, before all these like wrought iron, rusted things were in style. And I convinced this homeowner to pay for these wrought iron drains that patina that look like a sun in the middle of the patio. I mean, they're fucking beautiful. And so we put them in the patio and they had that we got on the roof and I have pictures from up above and I have pictures like I should, I'm going to find them and post them and mention them because these things were just so fucking perfect. And they were patinaing. They looked amazing. They were, it was before that rust thing was really in style. Cause this was like 2010, maybe I think we did this as a long time ago. And I was so happy with them. And I went by one day to meet them about doing some project out front. And I went in the backyard and they had fucking spray painted them black because they didn't like the rust. <laughs> I was like, it looks like plastic. It looks like a plastic sun. Like, why would you do that? It looks like a weird black plastic sun. I was like, it was so perfect before. And they were like, well, we didn't like them and it's our house. And I'm like, now I say to people all the time, it's your house. I'm going to be here for yeah. a brief time. Yeah. Exactly. We'll, we'll build what you want. Like, because I learned my lesson with the rusting suns. I don't find that it was just, they're just so epically like, because there's this has like a, a granite stairway going up, like natural granite stairway 
on one side and then we used real cobblestones as the border because she didn't want fake cobblestones so we actually cut cobblestones in half down to 60 mil well some of them we cut twice to get them 60 mil and laid them around it's the job is epic project minus she wouldn't let us get rid of the concrete ring around the pool but whatever i digress that's <laughs> these like perfect i mean perfect suns and they just spray painted them black with trem clad <laughs> trem cladded those motherfuckers i was like oh my god like, you're breaking my heart like because when people came over and sat on the deck they'd be looking down at this like the, the the drains that should have been ugly the drains that should have been ugly and been a huge deterrent to the whole job became like the highlight of the project and now they've gone back to looking like cheap plastic black drains <laughs> anyways oh well do we, have, for the do we have enough for the extra episode we may have extended it enough for that extra episode i think i think, so. I think he gave him too much with those comments though well, that insight. at least yeah at least with that comment like even if this is a, a three-minute episode <laughs> we're good <laughs> we're good they got they at least got something out of that. Yeah. Download this for a three minute commentary. <laughs> so should we announce this is the end? Because I want now I think we need to make a conscious point. Yeah. Because we have to do what the listeners want. This is the we announced the end once, but then we didn't end. So now this is the end of the second end of the third end of the side order of ending. Right now. Right now. Well, there's there's a whole nother thing is is in like this podcast never ends, like every episode, you know it's it's kind of like when we hang up the towel when we call it quits, that's when we'll give you your your outro, right? <laughs> hang up. When our incredible wealth from being two hundred and thirty fifth most downloaded <laughs> podcast divides us, and we can't we can't divide the wealth because we didn't give proper credit, like you like. Um, the lead singer of U2 did. What's his fucking name? Bono. 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 He gave writing credit to everyone in the band so they wouldn't break up over money. But he wrote all the songs. Mike, do we get writing credit on all these episodes of me and Chad? Why wouldn't we all get writing credit? Like, everyone's <laughs> talking. Like I just everyone's talking. Why wouldn't we all get writing credit? Like I'm just, I'm just saying that he did that so the band wouldn't break up. So when we get rich from this podcast, when we're Joe Roganing, we're this not going to break up. Yeah, we're moving this to. We will, we will. I don't know if you guys saw my note, but when I get deplatformed, like Tate, I'm, oh, who's that? Is that the Andrew Tate? Oh yeah, I have a daughter. I saw that. Top, I top G. Top I, G. Like I don't know anything about him other than he he speaks poorly about women and. He actually doesn't, if you listen no, to everything see, he I don't, says. But, like, I don't know. He does periodically while he speaks. Anyways, he's the top G, and he got deplatformed. So I'm like, am I going to get deplatformed? Find me over on Rumble. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Like, they're like, get him on Rumble. And I'm like, I don't even know what Rumble is. I don't follow him anyways. He just came in my TikTok 5,000. Like, is that like Grinder? No, I, I just found out what Rumble was this weekend because I don't know of what it exactly is. what Mike's saying there. It's just like a YouTube for anybody. Like they don't they don't uh, take anybody off. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. Do you want to hear a funny story that I heard? 
this still extended. part of the episode? Or Extend, this, yeah, this is fine. I, this is extending okay. the extended episode. Okay. About Andrew Tate. So a guy that a guy, a guy that works for us. This was years ago. That uh, someone just told me the story. Was joined Bumble, which is like a dating app. I guess I didn't know this, yeah. but it's some kind of dating app. And you get Bumble points, and the more Bumble points you get, the more it introduces you to women. So one so of the sweet. ways one of the ways to get Bumble points is this is like you're really getting a bonus episode here because now we're talking about a dating app. <laughs> yeah. This is where the real business advice comes from on this. <laughs> I just I just need to say the way you mentioned that, like the more Bumble points you get it starts introducing you to women. So it's like, you got to start off with the men first. <laughs> way through the men, so and then is... you start to get points. And then it's like, okay, now it's. <laughs> so this is how it was explained to me. One of the ways to get some Bumble points is to let Bumble send an email or a text to everyone in your, in your phone and your Rolodex or whatever they call it, your contacts. If you hit yes, you get a lot of you get Bumble points for every single person that gets invited to Bumble by you, and then you get more when they join. Unfortunately, if you hit that button, it also sends that to your wife. Wow. It does not define who the person is in your contacts when you hit the yes button. Nor does it give you any extra points for you inviting your wife to the dating app you just joined. Wow. Holy, I wasn't expecting you to go there with that. No. It was but... just an interesting story that got shared with me this week. So this is one of your old employees or current? I'm just going to say. Or is he dead now? Uh, I don't know if there's anyone that worked with us that's dead. Potentially, uh, it's well. well it's no, but gonna be a, I, I'd assume his wife would have killed him. Oh yeah. After that, I'm know, assuming. Like, yeah, yeah he is. He's around. I'll say that around. much. He's around. He's not dead. His wife didn't kill him. He's oh, around. Man. Maybe that was a better way to get caught. In way less trouble, really. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't actually done anything. You thought about yeah. it. <laughs> actually Yikes. Like, Yikes. Um, wow. I do have a, I do have some great stories about Bumble? No <laughs> not most stories about I am way I, I can't lie about any I'm the worst fucking liar I forget I'm terrible at it I found it easier just to smash my face against the wall and tell the truth about everything <laughs> Because I'm just so shitty at ever at like just remembering what I lied about, so I can't keep track of it because my brain just doesn't function that way. No, I Maybe just it's for the best. Yeah, like, I, I I don't know if we talked about the truck drivers dying. Truck have we ever, drivers. Have we talked about so. this on that podcast. No. I, I'm do so when I was. Uh, 20, 22, there was a guy who worked at, like, our uh, our company was owned by half of an excavating company, and there was an old, I actually, we had hired that excavating company in the past at the previous company I worked for, and I'd known this guy for quite a while, and, and then the companies all joined together in a very confusing long part of the story that doesn't matter, and then, so the next spring, 
when everyone came back to work, I said, where's um, such and such, you know? And they said, oh, he retired. And I went sick. That's amazing that he retired. You know, he can spend more time with his grandchildren. He can, they said, no, bro, he retired. He died. And I went, what? And they said, you don't retire from construction, bro. You just work till you die. Welcome to life at 20. And I was like, so I got to do this till I die. And they're like, yeah, this is going to be, you're going to be doing this till you die. There is no out. There's no getting away from it. You just do it and you do it and you do it some more. And then you get tired and hurt and pain. And then you do it some more. And sooner or later you become a truck driver because you can't physically do any of the other work or you operate equipment and then you die. Hopefully not while you're operating it or driving. So I have, I now in general, mostly this year have started driving one of the trucks and I'm like, I am in fucking trouble. <laughs> Sounds like heaven to me. <laughs> I'm like, I am going to retire. <laughs> like, fuck. I don't want to retire. I'm going to go back and start doing installs next year because I feel like I'm in better shape than if, like this year I've spent 80% of my time driving one of the trucks. Which so, is appealing though. Like, cause I love it. Like I posted last week, I hopped in the hook truck there and I can't drive that thing on the road. Right. Like I'm not licensed for that yet. Um, but I can sure spin it around the yard five or six times. I get it up to third gear. I think it's the greatest thing, you know, like maybe I'm, it is maybe it's awesome. It's awesome. Like I, and I never, like, I didn't think I would be into it like that. Like it just, it's cool. I it's love cool. driving. It's my favorite yeah. thing in the whole world. Yeah. When I was a little kid, I dreamed of having trucks, dump trucks. And yeah. Like I love them so much. I, I don't, know that they're a particularly profitable version of a part of our business but i love them so much like it's like i you know do what makes you happy it makes me yeah. happy to i love seeing them i love having them i love watching them drive by me I, like, yeah i love I love, everything about them. I love sitting at the yard and looking at the equipment more than i love looking at patios that i've installed if that means anything i don't know why i feel that this Maybe like, cause if we created them both, right? Like I created the patio, but I also created this business where I can line up five or six trucks and just stare at them. Be like, yeah, I don't know which one's more valuable to me, but I would rather look at the trucks than the patio. Well, we have so. currently 14 bins in the yard. We have 15 bins, but 14 of them are in the yard this weekend. Are they all numbered or does it matter? Like just, uh, they're not numbered. I have no identifying marks on the bin. So <laughs> one of the other bins fires, my friend, he called me and goes, why can't I put bins on the road and you can't? And you can. I said, because my name isn't on the fucking bins, idiot. <laughs> like no one knows whose they are. Yeah. They drive by them. They're like, oh, there's a black bin. Uh, yeah. If my yeah. name was on it, Paver King, they'd be like, hey, this guy's bins in my fucking way. I'm going to call him right yeah. now. Like, yeah. So there's 14 bins in the yard. And on one level, I'm like, uh, there's 14 bins in the yard. We're going to go bankrupt. Uh, no one's using our bins anymore. Everyone hates us. Uh, on the flip side of that, I'm like, man, all those bins look really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there yeah. all lined up. All Cody has them all in a perfect row. Uh, they look cool as shit. Like I just, it's, it's hard for me to delineate between the two. What's like, am I throwing up because there's so much money in bins sitting in the yard? Or am I happy because they're all in a nice, neat row? And actually, I was happy they were home for the long weekend because I don't like them sitting around on the long weekends on the road. And the only one that's out is in one of my buddy's yards. He's filling it with concrete this weekend. So, like, I you like get, 
Do you get random people like putting furniture in them and stuff? Never. Like, is that a thing? Never. No. no that don't. happens around here. Like, if you leave a bin out, it's got an old patio set in it. There's furniture. In there. There's furniture. That couch in it. Um, my dad passed a couple of years ago, so obviously I didn't have my hook truck, but my uh, one of my partners had his hook truck. I asked him to drop a bin out front, and we were just like. Me and my brother didn't have the stomach to save everything and fucking Kijiji or whatever, sell it, whatever, right? So we're putting stuff in the bin and these people were coming along and they're, oh, can we take some stuff from the bin? It's whatever, man. Go ahead and go nuts. Take what you want. They ended up in the bin and they were like trying on old coats and stuff like that. And they were like... Cornwall. Yeah, yeah. It's fucked, right? One of these guys that would put an old hat in the bin. It was like a fucking raccoon hat or something like that. It was in the fucking uh, in in a dresser for like twenty years or something, right? Nobody knew it was there. Anyway, the guy took the hat, put it on his friend's head, and booped his friend on the top of the head. I swear it was like straight out of like. <laughs> The Three Stooges or something, right? And like, oh my god. So anyway, we get a lot of shit. If you leave a bin out, people are going to put shit in it or take shit from it. Um, That's why we're not allowed to do garbage bins on our insurance. Oh. Like the whole story you just described there. One hundred diving in the bin. People call me. They're like, "Can I get a garbage bin from you?" I'm like, "No." Can do garbage. Actually, our, our bins are too low. If you're going to do garbage, you have to have tall bins so people can't oh, see yeah. them. Yeah, we actually, we, the guys did a dump run because we had more plastic than we could burn at the yard. They had to take it to, <laughs> they had to take it to the dump this time. Anyway, first time the, the hook truck's ever been to the dump, we lost a mud flap at the dump. Our mud flaps were too low. Yeah, it got yeah. caught underneath the, the wheel. And I guess it's really steep at the dump. I've never been there myself down in the bottom, but anyway, battle wounds from going to the dump and the truck stunk when i got back from there holy shit had to hold oh, yeah. the thing down like it's it, yeah. we we put shorter mud flaps on all our trucks they've all been shortened because when you dump the gravel out it fucking rips yeah off. yeah I guess. <laughs> especially like both our, our triaxles are air on air so when you dump yeah. the air as soon as you dump the air it brings the truck down so low that the mud yeah. flaps almost and when you put the box up they're attached to the box and that drives yeah. them lower i i ripped them off multiple times with snow so it's not just me okay because the snow generally when you're dumping snow you're trying to slam it as tight as you can to the next yeah. pile so the, yeah. it doesn't take up as much room and yeah that's what we we're filling out the insurance things it's like how much snow clearing do you do and kelly filled it out originally and she had like 10% of our business comes from snow clearing. I'm like, yeah, no, 0% of our fucking business comes from the <laughs> snow clearing. Zero. We want, we're trying to get insurance or move insurance. So snow That's clearing right. or snow relocating? So there's right. a different spot for yeah. third party snow haulage was okay. that you could put. So it's yeah, like 5% so. of our business or whatever. Like, yeah. But third party, but this was the actual. <laughs> physical act of moving yeah, snow moving like snow moving snow i was like yeah we're not like, clearing it from the walkway we don't so. even we don't even load it into the trucks yeah Fitting like other up. people load it like we just drive it places that's a sweet gig i would i'd be into that in the winter moving the, in the snow middle of the night yeah just so, sit in the truck and that's peaceful at, i think anyway at first i was like 
moving snow will wreak less chaos on our life because it will be well planned, right? <laughs> like when a storm happens, it happens. It, yeah. it does. A storm doesn't give a shit if you have hockey that night or you have like a storm just happens. Snow happens. But I was like, oh, the moving of snow is probably very well planned, right? Like, you know, people will call you. They'll set up Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. We'll start moving snow. Great. You can arrange your life. But what I realized after doing it last year was that it is epically worse than just plowing the snow. Because when you plow the snow, you plow the snow the one night. You're Maybe you go up the, out the second night for cleanups, and you're kind of done with it. When you move the snow... I'm still moving. The snowstorm happens on Tuesday. I'm still moving snow on Saturday because every, all the property managers have to approve it. It's just, it goes on forever. The moving of snow. Like I think we ran the trucks like seven days a week for the entire month of January and two weeks of February last year. But that's so, nice revenue too, right? Oh, it was great. Time whenever yeah. you yeah. wouldn't necessarily have a ton of other revenue from trucking. Right. So it's no, nice. It was, well, I mean, I'd like to imagine it's nice. I don't know, but it was good. Yeah, it was great. Like it was a great, it was great winter. Huh. It just it does wreak a lot havoc on your life longer than if you just plowed the snow. <laughs> like I just thought it would yeah. be bad. Like I just thought it would be like, oh, good. Well, but then like, yeah, it's like because everyone's trying to get the snow moving approved by the property managers. Yeah. So some people didn't move the snow till six five weeks after the big storm because it took five weeks for the property managers to approve, approve the snow moving. Some people have it in their contract to move it the next day, regardless of where like big places have like go train stations and they all want it out of the way. They don't, it's part of the contract. But yeah, we do zero snow clearing in case the insurance guy is listening to this fucking podcast because <laughs> I had to write it down as an, as an, a form of advertisement. Cause you know, so many people are calling us from this. Yeah. This is where we drive the real business home. <laughs> what percentage of your revenue is derived from your podcast? That's 235th and downloaded time. <laughs> Anyways, it's 10 o'clock. I better go to bed. Yeah, it's past my bedtime too. Yeah, that was a good one. I think that uh, was a good one. 